At the beginning of the Mass, some Sundays we pray, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters. And while we do that, we beat our breasts three times. Well, we just learned in today's Gospel reading from Luke where that beating of the breasts comes from. I think it's important to then take a few moments to understand the background and then what it can mean for our lives, our relationship with God, and our relationships with one another. But first, a story. So, when I was a young teenager, I got invited over to one of my friend's house for a sleepover. And in fact, he invited a bunch of buddies over, and we did a camp out in the backyard. It was summertime. And so after their parents went to bed, we were, in our minds, the kings of the neighborhood, right? So a bunch of teens going around and trying to figure out how they can get into trouble. And uh, we were daring one another to do things, risky things. And um, so one of my friends said, well, hey, this is what you should do, David. You should go out into the street. There's a street off of the house. Uh, and uh, it was 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning. So when you see a car coming down with its headlights, then jump out into the road and, you know, wiggle your butt or something like that. Something stupid like that. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. That's stupid. And then they triple dog dared me. <laughs> so I had to do it, right? So I went out there and I saw these lights coming at a distance, and I jumped out in the road and wiggled my, you know, butter, something like that. I can't remember what it was. Anyways, then it wasn't just the headlights that I saw. It was, in fact, some other lights that came on. <laughs> and they were specifically red and blue lights. I had just done that to a cop car coming down the street. And I quickly thought to myself, as any good Catholic young teenage boy in his right mind would think, you know, like, what do I do next? I run. <laughs> so I ran, and the cop got out of the car and gave chase, and I'm, I'm praying, like, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help me. Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, help me. Jesus, Mary, and help me. And I, I leapt this, um, this fence. I leapt it in a single bound. I can't say the same for the cop. I was able to leap over another and then another. And in fact, the last one I leapt over had a hedge on the other side. I cleared that, buried myself behind it, and the cop ran right by me. I was saved. And then, of course, I went to my buddies afterwards. I'm like, did you see that? That was awesome. And we were giving one another high fives and stuff like that. When the day was done and we settled down and went to bed and Next day we woke up and I went home. And I was by myself. I didn't feel, feel like cheering. In fact, I felt a little embarrassed at um, what I had done and what I was praying for and how God had to rescue me from myself. It was a humbling experience. I remember this story somewhere in my memory when I was reading and praying with today's gospel reading, where it says that Jesus, before he begins a parable, this is the group that he addresses in the parable. It said, to those who are convinced of their own righteousness and despised everyone else. Right there is the definition of spiritual pride. Those who are convinced of their own righteousness and despise everyone else. 
spiritual pride or spiritual arrogance. And here's the thing. None of us are exempt from it. It could be people who go to church every week. It could be people who hardly go at all. It could be people who deeply believe or hardly believe. It could be people who don't believe at all. We're all susceptible to spiritual arrogance. So for instance, think about it in this way. A person could say, well, I don't go to Mass because I don't need to go to Mass. You know, I'm fine with my life as it is. Besides, everyone who does go to church are a bunch of hypocrites. Spiritual arrogance. What it boils down to is this. It's arrogant because we think that we don't need God. And that was the case with this Pharisee, this deeply religious person who sets himself up in the temple. And I never noticed this when I was reading this. It's the first time I noticed it. Luke records this. He said, he set himself up in the temple and he began to pray and he prayed to himself. He didn't pray to God. He prayed to himself, Oh God, I thank you that I'm not like the rest of the world or the rest of them, like them, whoever them is to us. And I thank you, and then he puffs himself up, for all the things that I do. Notice me. I tithe, and I fast. I do this, I do that. And I'm certainly not like this tax collector. You see how in this prayer, he really isn't praying to God at all. He is praying to himself, meaning he's worshiping himself. And all the good works that he does, he's justifying himself. But in fact, Luke records at the end of this passage that the man went home not justified. What does justification mean? It means being in a right relationship with God. And, therefore, also in a right relationship with one another. But he wasn't in a right relationship with God. And there he was in a temple praying, and it was a waste of time. Because it was all about him. As opposed to the tax collector, who also comes to the temple. And also prays. But Luke here records that this man prayed to God not to himself. And he lowered his head and he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's the opposite of spiritual pride, of spiritual arrogance. It's humility. And humility is absolutely essential for prayer. Humility is aware that I need God. I need a Savior. I don't have my act together. And I'm certainly not better than them. And using that as a way to justify my actions, all my good deeds, or my lack of them. Because I don't want to be associated with them. No, this man had the humility to recognize his need for God and for a Savior, and so he beats his breast. And that's what, it's interesting, the church offers us every time that we come to Mass. And here's the interesting thing too, we do it at the beginning of Mass. 
This is where this comes from in Luke 18, where we beat our breasts three times as we say, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned. It's through my fault, through my words, through my lack of words, through the things I've done, through the things I've lacked in doing. And then we say, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. We do this at the beginning of the Mass precisely because how can we pray to God unless we first humble ourselves and recognize our need for God? And likewise, attached to that, the foundation of worship is our ability to be able to pray. But if we can't even pray to God because we don't see the need for that, then how can we ever worship Him and how can we love Him? I want you all to close your eyes. And I first want you to think of this, and I'm going to give you a little exercise. Shouldn't that Pharisee, with all of the gifts that God had given him, like knowledge of God and the spiritual life and so on, shouldn't he have gotten up and gotten to this guy and prayed for him? And said, listen, I see you're hurting. Let me help. But rather he judged him. So here's two things I want you to do. I want you to first take a moment to think about your own need for God. And think about the areas in which you need God. And then just simply pray that prayer. God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's the first part. Second part is this. Think about somebody else that needs God, like you, in your life. And think about some of the ways in which they might need help. God's help. And then... Say that same prayer for them. God, be merciful on them, a sinner also, like me. And then maybe here's the third part to that. Then ask God not just to help you, but to help you help that person. And make a resolution here and now that guided by God's Spirit, you're going to reach out to whoever that person is who needs God like you do. Take about two minutes to do that.